What's going on, guys? You're listening to episode number nine of I Just Want to Be Hiker Trash. I am your host, Hell Yeah Jesus on the Trail. Today, I'm super pumped. It is the first guest um, that I'm interviewing that I hadn't, I didn't know beforehand. Ryan Schlosser, or Yearbook on the Trail. He's an Appalachian Trail thru-hiker. He thru-hiked last year, 2020, northbound. And he thru-hiked through COVID, which is an interesting experience. And he kind of talks about what hiker trash means and how the trail is different during those times. He also is a host to his own podcast called Walking and Talking Podcast, an Appalachian Trail thru-hike, where in the beginning episodes, he's literally recording as he's through hiking. So we talk about how he's able to do that. And then he's continued on post trail. So definitely give that a listen. Super pumped for this episode, like every episode. So stay tuned. All right, we're recording. That's one thing I do hate about zoom is like, it doesn't let me know. I I really want there to be like a one, two, three countdown, but we just fucking go right into it. Yeah. You get, you get right into it. You get no warning. It's take off time. (laughs) So I've got Ryan Schlosser with us right now. Ryan just finished a northbound through hike of the Appalachian Trail. And your trail name is Yearbook. Is that correct? Yeah, my trail name is Yearbook. I, I don't love it. Uh, if I ever do another big hike, uh, I'm going to go in without a, without a name. But I got Yearbook because I was doing my own podcast and interviewing a lot of people at the start. So I was recording people's stories. So I got I got Yearbook. Yeah, I did. I just listened to your last, like your Katahdin episode, um, where you're talking about how you weren't sure about the uh, trail name anymore, but who gave you the trail name? Like why, uh, and why did you choose if you weren't sure about it? Like, was there at one point you're like, oh, I do like your book. Yeah, there, there was. So the reason I took it is because I was, people were trying to give me the trail name California Dreamin', and I, <laughs> I, I didn't like it at all at the time. It felt it felt a little bit pompous. I'm from New York, not California. Yeah. And I was like searching for a trail name because I didn't want California Dreaming to stick. Mm-hmm. And actually, so it was like partially because of the podcast, but partially because I had a white hyperlight pack when I started that is now a very dark shade of brown from dirt. <laughs> but yeah. this one dude, Riker, who I think his trail name is Poison, he... It's like, you could get a Sharpie and let people sign your white backpack and you'd be like a yearbook. And I was like, yeah, that's a sweet idea. I'm going to do that. I'm yearbook now. And then I never got the Sharpie and not a single person signed. That's a great idea. But I had, I had like had a nice, easy, like cop out, like, oh no, no, no. I got this podcast. Check it out. (laughs) Yeah. So for people who don't know, your podcast is, and that's actually how I found you. I found, I was looking at hiking podcasts. It's like, and I found you on Spotify, but what's, what's your podcast called? It's called walking and talking and Appalachian trail through hike. It's, it's pretty cool. Cause like you're literally doing it while you're like hiking the trail. And then I know like you've continued since it sounds like, um, are the most, are the most recent videos like just, uh, or, interviews from you off trail interviewing people or are they all just from just the trail and your post and then now no most so basically once i got off trail i took probably three three week two week break put out my last like i finished episode and then i started doing weekly interviews that i was recording as i was going with people that i or not as i was hiking but after i finished i started doing more interviews on the computer with people that i'd met so all my episodes that I have out since the trail 
those are all recorded afterwards, like with people that I met, but I did have, um, I don't even remember how many I did on trail. It wasn't as many as I was hoping to do. Cause I took like three months off during COVID. Cause I didn't want to get like canceled essentially yeah. for still being on trail. <laughs> um, so I think maybe I did like 12 or 13, uh, maybe 14 from the trail. Sweet. And so I do want to get onto the COVID thing, but first I do want to hear your take on since you just got off trail and I'm sure, uh, or when did you actually, when did you just, when did you finish the trail? Like August something? Yeah. August 7th. So it's actually been, it's, it feels like a lifetime ago that I was hiking, even though it's only been six, six months, but like when I hit that point where I'd been off trail for the same duration of time that it took me to do the through (laughs) hike, I was like, that's so long ago. Oh my God that is def- that's a wild feeling i still think that's like i don't know have you have you been hit with some post trail depression because i feel like i started as soon as the start of the next year rolled over i was like oh shit dude what am i gonna do what am i doing you know honestly i didn't really get a lot of post trail depression um which i credit for, i credit to two things first of all i was so ready to be done hiking the last yeah. month of my hike i was just like pushing myself through hiking every day just so I could finish. Uh, and secondly, when I was a sophomore, I did this really unique, um, quote unquote, abroad program, even though it was in the Adirondacks, um, where I lived in a yurt for three months with 12 other people and took all my college classes there and like totally isolated, no yeah. phone, no computer, no internet. And I hit like a crazy back to society depression after that. Yeah. But I I think like learning from that made it, it made the transition from the AT back to society a lot easier for me. That's good, man. Cause I know like a lot of people struggle and I I definitely struggled. Um, But so I do want to know what does hiker trash mean to you or the the term hiker trash? Ah, the question is that (laughs) the fourth wall has been broken the name of the podcast. (laughs) Um, I mean, for me, like hiker trash, I, I, I guess I think it's like, I read your, your intro of, or on your Facebook page of some people take it as a, a, a declaration of pride and other people use it to make fun of people. And I guess I'm kind of like 50, 50, like when yeah. I was in my extreme through hike mode, like going, 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 if someone called me hiker trash, I would have been like, Oh, hell yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah. But like, if I'm yeah. just like, if I walk into the student center at my college and some frat kid calls me hiker trash, I'd probably be a little upset. So yeah. It's, uh, I think to me, like hiker trash is, it's not something that I am constantly, but I I've been in that state before and it's really fun to be in that state. No, definitely. Does it, does it feel weird to like leave the trail and then go right back to school? Um, well, <laughs> getting off, I know we don't want to get into COVID yet, but <laughs> yeah. getting off trail for me was just mostly weird because I was entering the new COVID world yeah. for the first time. Uh, so, you know, going back to school is just a part of that, but I actually did, I was a remote student in the fall. So I lived at home and did all my classes online. So yeah, it felt weird. Um, just because I never had any intention of doing that, but I had, it was 12 days between when I finished my through hike and when I uh, would have moved back into college. And like, I need to come into a semester of college, very rested and full of energy. And then that energy just like slowly depletes itself throughout the semester. And then by the end of the semester, I'm like crawling back home um, but I was so tired mentally and physically after my through hike. I knew that if I went into a semester of college with low energy that I 
oh, I, I would have had a terrible time. I just would have been so sick and tired the entire time. Mm-hmm. No, that, I definitely uh, feel you there. So you started before COVID though, like you started in February. Yeah. So I guess I, 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 when I started COVID was just another news story. It was, it was a virus in China that was no different at that point from, you know, Ebola or swine flu, like, you know, a serious thing, but it wasn't, it wasn't anything that people were actually worried about in the U S at this point. Uh, So I started February 29th leap year day. And I had about a week of, just like not even thinking about COVID and hiking normally. And then when I got to Hiawassee, which is 70 miles in the the first like real town that I was in, there was no hand sanitizer anywhere. So people were buying out hand sanitizer because of COVID. <laughs> so at that point I was just like, all right, that that's kind of weird. And also that yeah. sucks because literally like I have poop on my <laughs> hands and I need to get it off. And now like people have hoarded all the hand sanitizer. Yeah. And then when I got to Franklin, um, I don't know, I don't know how many days later, but a short amount of time later, like schools were closing the country. The country wasn't shutting down yet, but like things were getting weird. And then I was in the Smokies when, so I got through the Smokies before the Smokies closed, but I was in the Smokies when people were like, fuck, yeah, (laughs) this is not normal. No, that's, that's, that's crazy, man. Well, I do think that's funny. I didn't even think about the hand sanitizer thing, but yeah, I'm so, when I'm on trial, I'm so dependent on hand sanitizer. I'm gross. Don't use toilet paper. I just like, we'll go out and find leaves and sometimes you get very small leaves and you get a little poop on the fingers and you're just like, what am I going to do? I need the hand sanitizer. Yeah. Hand sanitizer is so huge. Uh, it, <laughs> uh, it was, I was like rationing it so hard because yeah. I never knew when it was going to come again. Yeah. And yeah. Like, I have this memory of my mom met up with me at Harper's Ferry. Um, I took some zeros and it was super nice, but we came out of a store and she had hand sanitizers, so like held out my hands to let her put some <laughs> in my hands. And she put in so much hand sanitizer compared to what I've been using. I've been using like the smallest dollops trying to ration yeah. it. And in that moment, I was like, wow, people off trail have so much more hand sanitizer than I do. (laughs) Did you have to switch to like Dr. Bronner's or something or you just? No, I never, I don't think I, I never fully ran out. It was just kind of one of those, the trail will provide things where (laughs) I I got real close to coming down to having none, but it always, there is always more. And thankfully when I hit the, when I hit the NOC, um, there was still hand sanitizer left, even though COVID was getting scary. So that, <laughs> I, that little, I got a little tiny, like, yeah, NOC bottle, and that lasted me like hundreds of miles. I feel that. So, so after the Smokies, that's when the COVID scare like really hit. Like, what are you thinking then? Are you like, were people? I'm sure people were on like the message boards and Facebook groups, like, you got to get off trail. You need to get off trail right now. Like. Like, what Definitely. were you, what were you thinking? Like what was going through your head? So I got to standing there oh, uh, yeah. once, I, once I got out of the, uh, the Smokies. Did you Love stay San- there? Oh yeah. Took my first nice. season there. Love standing <laughs> there. Oh man. Um, so I got to standing there and when I got there, pr- like 80% of the through hikers that were in my little bubble got off trail from standing Damn. there. Um, and there was like this Facebook group that was like staying on the AT 2020 that popped yeah, yeah. up. And I was like, oh, this will be helpful for me. And I like opened <laughs> it one time and it was like, get off the fucking trail. <laughs> I was like, I, I, so at that point I, yeah, didn't go, I didn't look anywhere online because I knew that online was just yeah. going to be great. Um, I put my podcast on standby at that point. Um, 
well, basically I knew I, I knew that I was going to keep hiking yeah. not forever, but from standing bear. So I put out like a very ambiguous, like, Oh, I'm determining the fate of my through hike and I'm not sure what's going to happen. So, you know, for the time being, the podcast is on standby. I basically didn't want to say that I was going to keep hiking. Um, and I left it that way until June, I think. Dude, that's, that's a crushing feeling. I can, I can only imagine like that's so standing bear at what point that's like mile 250 for you. How far is standing bear in? Uh, um, yeah, two, 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 somewhere above 250, like 270, maybe. I feel like that's when, like, Actually, did you start feeling like you had your trail legs then? You know, like, you really like started like integrating into trail life at that point? Yeah, that was part of what it came down to at Standing Bear was I was, I know I was two and a half weeks or maybe two, yeah, a little over two weeks invested in a through hike, like over 200 miles, which yeah. in the context of a through hike now, like that feels very short. But at the time, I mean, a trip I'd been planning for a year, yeah. the longest hike I'd ever done in my life at that point, I was like very invested in this hike. So if I if I hadn't started my through hike and all this was happening, I probably wouldn't have started but at that point it, I was, I, I was super invested in it and it, it, it was crushing. I mean, I, I didn't think there, there were a lot of points where I didn't think that the through hike was going to be a reality. Like I have audio recordings I was doing for my podcast, even when I wasn't podcasting where I was like literally crying and yeah. like this, you know, I, I never thought I would have to quit for reasons other than getting hurt or not being able to do it myself. And it's like heartbreaking to think that, this through hike might not be a reality for reasons totally out of my control. And so you said you got off trail for a few months. Where did you get off trail then to take a, a break? So I actually didn't get off trail for a few months. I just stopped doing the podcast. Oh, um, okay. Yeah. So I, I just took a zero day at Standing Bear. And then um, this other like crazy part of the story is this, uh, this girl, Ellie, who we were friends from college, she came down and was going to hike a week with me um from the noc so she was on trail like when the country shut down and like her college semester she was going to go back to got like canceled um so she's like all right well we're just going to keep hiking then um so she oh, her dang. I, yeah so her and i ended up hiking like a thousand miles like actually literally to the number a thousand miles together after <sighs> that um started dating on the trail so pretty good time um, are you guys still together yeah, yeah, we're still together. Um, nice. That would have been a terrible question if you guys weren't. So I, I <laughs> no, probably should have asked that. I probably wouldn't be telling the story. <laughs> yeah, if yeah, we yeah. Together. Um, but yeah, that I mean, that was a huge part of it. Like my reasoning for staying on the trail was like largely due to like two two facts that um, I wasn't alone. Like I was with somebody that I knew, and um, like being with her we kind of had like a security blanket that like if one of us got COVID and got super sick, we would have somebody to take care of us or at least like get us out of there. Yeah. And the other factor of it was like, um, my mom has been a huge encouragement for me to do this hike and she's kind of a badass. Like her resolve is pretty huge. And I was like, mom, like I, I'm totally ready to get off the trail and come home. Like if you think that's the right decision and she's, she, she encouraged me to stay on and we were looking, basically what we did is, we ignored the online hate. We ignored like all the just like pandemonium. And we looked at the facts of what was known about COVID. And that, that at that point, like every day they were finding out something new about it. 
Um, so we looked at, we looked at the facts of it and we looked, uh, do we think it's like realistic that I can keep hiking and be safe? And we decided that yes. And we real we reevaluated that like weekly when it was first starting. Um, so yeah, if I, if I hadn't had the encouragement of my mom and been with Ellie, there's, there's a pretty, I mean, the, the chance that I would have done the through hike successfully goes down by, by yeah. a whole lot. Well, so I'm definitely pro you continuing the through hike. I, I can only imagine. I mean, it's one thing if like you're, you know, COVID happened and then you're like, well, I'm guessing I'm going to get on the trail now. It's one thing if you're actually on your through hike and then just this shit storm hits and everyone wants to have this opinion. Like I remember, so it's different, but I remember we, in 2018, there's a huge hurricane uh, that went through and like all this flooding, like Shenandoah National Park, like completely like closed down and like their fo- uh, forest service was kicking people off the trail and everyone's like, you got to get off trail. Your hike's over. Get, get out of trail. You can't hike right now. We took like a few days off. I actually five days off and I felt like devastated. I was like, fuck, dude, I'm not getting off the trail. So I can only imagine like that amplified times a hundred with COVID and that's like, get on you, man, for continuing and like pushing past the hate. And like, that's such an easy excuse to just be like, well, I'm not, I'm going, I have Virginia blues right now. I'm, I guess I'll just get off the trail. Like you can just like convince yourself pretty easily that like, all right, I can get off trail and like give yourself the validation um, because of this huge thing, but you pushed on through, man. Yeah. You know, I think that is true for, for some people. Like the, the crazy thing was like 95% of the people that I knew from hiking or that I knew, wow, that's such a weird way to say that. 95% <laughs> of the people I knew uh, on trail who decided to stay through COVID finished. Yeah. And that happened at like mile 200. So oh, yeah, dude. Well, that's good to hear. it was like a chip on everyone's shoulder um, yeah. just from that. But also there's some badass hikers who got off because of COVID. So for yeah, like, there's I'm thinking of like one dude, um, Jacob Meyer, Valhalla in particular. Like this dude literally has done like 75 miles without stopping. Just like he could kick my ass hiking. And he got off because of COVID and was like helping other hikers who were on trail, like looking to get off. Um, so yeah, I think that, you know, COVID definitely weeded out people who maybe wanted to get off, but there's also some people who hundred percent would have finished it through hike who chose to get off this year. Well, dude, good on you for having that perspective because I just shout on everybody and now I'm regretting <laughs> that, but no, that's actually excellent, dude. That's that. Those are the hiker trash ideals I, uh, appreciate. So I appreciate you actually saying that. And now I feel terrible. That's of all how I'm apologize man hopefully you listen to the podcast and uh <laughs> yeah i hope so he's gonna definitely through like as soon as it's possible again let's do has he directed trail again. before no no this was his first go he's like he's been a great like he trains he like trains for hiking like he yeah. goes so hard and he had intentionally never hiked on the at before because he just wanted to do the whole thing and one through hike yeah um so i mean when he gets back out there i i'm excited to follow his progress because he's yeah he's gonna crush it do you think he's going to start from uh, the beginning again and go for it? I don't know. I I would have uh, my 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 gut instinct is yes, but I honestly have no idea. Yeah, what's well, that's crazy? Seventy five miles in one day, dude. I remember I hit my first. I did fifty one miles this year, and I'm going to go for a sixty this next summer. But I can't imagine just like right off the bat, dude, hitting a seventy plus mile day. <laughs> That's crazy. 
Yeah, I think he he did that once he got off the AT. He did that on some other trail this year. But yeah, I mean, I'm impressed that you've done that many. I mean, my longest day on the AT was a 35, and I thought I was going to die the next day. So anyone who's going like into the 40s, that's a that's some athletic stuff there. Well, dude, 35 mile day is a huge day, dude. Especially on the AT. That's a where did you do that 35 mile day? <laughs> it was uh, in southern Pennsylvania on like the nice flat part of Pennsylvania, but. It was, uh, it was the first day that I was hiking solo after doing the thousand miles with my girlfriend. So yeah. like, my whole routine was just totally like blown apart. And I was like, oh, well, uh, I guess I, I guess I walk like that's what I do. So I just walked for like 13 hours. Hell yeah, dude. Wait, that's five. So did you go past Boiling Springs then and then to Duncannon? Uh, yeah. So I, I started at mile, I started at Tom's run shelter, which is like 11. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 1101 this year. And then I went through Boiling Springs and Carlisle. Um, and I think I had, I did like 12 into Duncannon the next day. So I made it 12 miles south of the dirty Duncannon. <laughs> Dude, I, the first time I was on trail, I stayed at the, the Doyle. And uh, that was interesting. I think I was the only guest there. Yeah, I was I literally did, the only one there. <laughs> I didn't stay at the Doyle. Um, and I, I just want to clarify, I, I refer to the Dirty Duncannon, not out of hate for Duncannon itself, but just that it's the turning point where the rocks start north of it. So yeah, very, yeah, yeah. Very negative connotation in my <laughs> head, just because it's all, once you get into, oh man, once you get past Duncannon, it, it gets less fun. Oh, dude, yeah, and like, yeah, Raven Rocks right there. But I feel bad for the Nobos because like, I, I was talking to Section Hiker last interview, but... What it doesn't matter, but when you hit New Jersey, that first section of New Jersey, man, for you is very rocky. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like that's one of there's like the big myths about the AT or just like <laughs> yeah. it's like just the most in like misinformed statements and like the rocks oh, yeah. in Pennsylvania is one, Virginia's flat is another. Oh f- yeah, <laughs> I know it's and crazy. I feel like it's just hazing that like po- like people who through hike just keep spreading those <laughs> myths just to fuck with people who are going to through hike in the future. Like I got to Virginia and I was like, Oh, it's going to be so much easier now. Oh no, dude. Nope. <laughs> no, no, not at all. And it sucks because you guys hit, I mean, I guess going into Harper's Ferry is, is nice for you guys. Well, you do have the roller coaster, but like Shenandoah's is like super nice. So it's, that's a solid way. I feel like to end on in Virginia with the, the Shenandoah's. Virginia was one of my favorite states, honestly. Like, yeah, I still, I still enjoyed it. It was beautiful. Um, it's just not flat. (laughs) No, No, dude. Yeah. It's so silly. Like, do you remember going up wildcat in the whites? Oh yeah. Yeah. That's, I think that was the, that's the hardest northbound climb. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. So some man told me, he's like, you need ropes to go down wildcat. He said, you're not going to be able to go down if you don't have ropes. You need to lower your pack down. And I was freaked out. I was like, oh, shit, how steep is this? I mean, it's it's steep, dude, but you definitely, uh, I didn't need ropes. There's there's so much fear mongering that people do. On the <laughs> yeah. I think it's just to like keep themselves entertained. But yeah, my, uh, my good, so my, I, I hiked the second half of the trail with um, this dude named Shotgun, who like is one of my, I mean, we became such great friends. Uh, we met on the trail, but we came up, we came up like with the conclusion that the AT every single day is hard. Like there's something that's difficult every yeah. day, but there's no part of it that's impassable or impossible. So like people are going to like, you're going to step onto the, their first step off Springer and people will be like, are you ready for the, 
the Smokies, <laughs> bears will chase you in eight feet of snow and rip your arms off. And then you like get past the Smokies and they're like, oh, watch out for the whites. So oh, the rocks in Pennsylvania, they'll rip your ankles in half. And it's yeah. like, yeah, like there's certain parts that are more difficult than others, but there's so much like buildup of people trying to scare you. you. You can get past everything. It's just parts of it are harder. No. Yeah, exactly. Um, did you, so this is kind of off topic a little bit from what you're saying, but I was just wondering, I was thinking you might not have passed many Sobos. Did you see any Sobos then? Yeah. Yeah. We actually did because a ton, I think the Sobo group this year or not this year, but 2020 was bigger than the Northbound group because so many Northbounders um, didn't start because of COVID and then did yeah. Sobo hikes or a lot of people, I don't know a lot of people, but some people who got off during like when COVID started, they got back on in like May or June um, at Katahdin and then went south. Like I had this crazy experience where um, this this, uh, woman who I had met uh, a lean-to right before the NOC, I saw her again in the 100-mile wilderness and she had just started going (laughs) south again. so like she had been off the entire time I've been hiking since the last time I'd seen her. So we did see a bunch of Southbounders starting, honestly, not until we were like in Maine. The first Southbounder that I saw was at the shelter, right? The first shelter after Dartmouth in New Hampshire. And then okay. I maybe saw like a few more in New Hampshire. But then once I got into Maine, there was a pretty steady flow of them. That's crazy. It's so fresh. They looked yeah. so happy. They they were so they were so excited to be there. Their <laughs> spirits hadn't been crushed by the through hike yet. It was yeah. weird to see. So it's so funny. It's like so both times I was a sobo, and so I was that fresh hiker feeling so happy. And that's the one thing sobos don't get to see is like you know when I finished, I was so disgruntled and like I know I was in good spirits to try to be a positive guy, but like you just get. I could see myself just getting pissed off at some Sobos, like maybe not like vocally, but being like, Jesus Christ, but you don't even know, man. Did you uh, feel that way when you're passing some of those like no, Sobos? I, so like jokingly, Shakin and I like definitely yeah, yeah, made yeah. fun of Sobos a ton. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. There, was, there was one time we were in, oh, damn, I don't remember the name of the town, but it's like the tiniest little town in Maine, the one before Monson. Um, but anyways, the Sobos had taken all the hotel rooms, so we like couldn't find a hotel <laughs> oh, room. Oh no, dude! That, that was that was the one time yeah. that we were like actually kind of kind of we weren't mad at them. They were hiking too, but we were like, this fucking sucks. Um, no, so, yeah. Like, I think like people who like actually like genuinely are mad at Sobos. I'm just like, what what's wrong with you? Like they're just trying to do the same hike you are. But I think the bigger the bigger thing for it for myself and Shotgun is like seeing all these fresh hikers it gave us this new perspective on ourselves and we like looked at them and we looked at each other. We're like, what has happened to us? Like like, (laughs) that's what we were when we started out now, like, Oh my God, we're so broken. No, that's a good point. That's crazy. Yeah. Just seeing that perspective there um, in the juxtaposition of you and like seeing your past. self. that's gotta be really interesting. Um, Did you always have long hair? Cause right now, I don't know if this is just audio, but, you've got long hair. Um, did you have long hair going into the hike? <laughs> no, well I, I did. Um, but not this long. I, yeah. I've been, I've been growing. So I pretty much had a, not a buzz cut, but like buzz cut to short length, normal dude haircut 
um, for most of my life until like two years ago. And then I just haven't cut my hair since then. So it's just been, it's been growing out, um, for a while, but I thought I was going to cut it after the AT, but it hasn't happened yet. Probably when I need to get a job, I might cut it. I feel you, man. I, I don't have long hair anymore, but I, I was all about the uh, long hair lifestyle for six years of my life. So it's a, it's an interesting lifestyle. It's fun. Yeah. You know, I like, I, I feel like the length my hair is right now. I don't even like how long it is, but I'm like, eh, I can do it. So I might as well. I probably can't do it. Forever. <laughs> yeah. No, I feel like there's definitely different vibes though. Do people, you know, as people treat you a little bit differently with long hair? Uh, maybe, but the house that I live in on camp live, the house that I live in on campus is it's like the outing club house. So everyone's just like kind of long hair, like let's go do outdoor stuff mentality. So yeah, I, I kind of just fit the stereotype of uh, my, my social group on campus. So I, I don't get a lot of weird treatment. My high school friends, they think I'm crazy. Yeah, I feel that. So I just finished listening to your uh, Todd episode and you're, and I was actually, I was getting a little bit emotional thinking about my last day on trail. And then I thought when, so when on my last day on trail, I was like on trail getting emotional. Right. And it was like six miles out and I was booking it and I had tears come to my eyes and I probably was playing some explosions in the sky or some epic soundtrack. And then all of a sudden I was fucking tripped and just ruined the whole thing. And I was like, shit, dude, well, I can't be sad anymore. Like, I don't know how you trip. And then all of a sudden you gotta be continuing being sad. Um, <laughs> did you how was your last day like how are you feeling g- going up to Katahdin because that's like such a different experience than like me ending on spring or this anticlimactic peak that has not much of a view but Katahdin hiking up that how did that feel for you yeah Katahdin is a beast it's like the perfect end to it <laughs> yeah. so yeah I I had um so I had a very weird not in a negative way but just in a weird way end to my through hike where when i got to a a ball able bridge campground yeah uh, which would have been two days before i summited and i saw katahdin like so close from that bridge in my head i was just like oh, I'm, I'm done like it's over yeah it's right there so like that night i just felt like it, i felt like i was done we were in like a normal like campground with rvs that had a little <laughs> camp store yeah and so like we set up our tents on these like normal campgrounds and then um, went to the store and like bought a six pack and just drank like I sat there looking at Katahdin and just drank six beers. And I was like, I don't, I, I have to do nine flat miles tomorrow. Like I can drink six beers if I want to. So I, and up until that point, ever since like Vermont, I had been so ready to be done. I was still like, I, I thought maybe... I, I had probably like 10% of me that was like, Oh, I'm going to miss this. This is (laughs) so free out here. Yeah. Uh, So there was a little bit of that, but my last day, honestly, it just felt, it felt rewarding in the sense that I had forced myself to get there for the last Mm -hmm. month and I was doing it, but I, I didn't, I was not heartbroken to leave at all. No, I feel you, dude. Like you, I sometimes, I felt like I romanticized the finish. Like it was going to be this like huge thing. And, um, but then I got to the finish and just like, yeah, I'm probably ready to kind of go back down and get into the car now. Yeah, uh, I did. I did have, I, I think I had like, so I was equally excited, excited to actually finish the AT, but I was equally excited that my mom, my girlfriend, and one of my best friends who lives in Montana were meeting me at the top. 
And like my friend from Montana, Dawson, literally he flew to Maine from Montana to hike Katahdin and meet me at the top to finish it. And, and I was so excited to see those three people that my my brain was equally focused on them and finishing the trail. So yeah. I was super happy that last day. No, that's that's awesome, man. Um so they met you at the very top. Yeah. So they Oh dude. Yeah. So in the summer of 2019, I was lucky enough to, um, like I led a, I worked for this camp called Pine Island camp and I led a trip with, um, some campers to hike Katahdin and we stayed at Chimney Pond campground the night before, which is Mm -hmm. on the opposite side that the AT goes up and it, a chimney, the view of Katahdin sitting on the shore of Chimney Pond is my favorite place on earth that I've ever been. It's like the most beautiful spot I've ever seen on planet earth. So I like advocated to them. I was like, you guys need to stay here and then hike up like one of the day hiking trails and meet me at the top. So they got to do that. And so the first time I saw them was at the top and then I hiked down and out with them. So it it was, it was the greatest finish of a three hike I could ask for. No, it's great. I, I, that's gotta be such a great, I'm getting goosebumps thinking about that. My dad met me on the top, which I'm very thankful for. And that I just remember feeling so elated, um, hiking to him and then actually seeing his face for the first time. I was like, Oh man, it's crazy. Um, so that's gotta be a good feeling. And which way did you guys hike back down? Um, uh, we went down the saddle trail. Nice. Yep. Did you get a pretty clear view when you're up there? It was a beautiful day, like crazy. The ranger hiked the mountain that day and (laughs) he's like, yeah, I do this maybe like once or twice a month. We get a day like this and I'll come up. So I got a rare, like warm, not windy, clear day. Oh, it's great, man. Makes me very happy. Like that. I mean, those conditions at the summit, even if it's like 80 degrees at the bottom of the mountain, sometimes it'll be like trying to kill you at the top. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's just so crazy. People just like, don't think about that. Like, cause I live in Montana too. Um, and people just just can't picture the out East being above tree line and having this like gnarly weather at the top of the mountains, but they pretty gnarly up there. Yeah. Katahdin and then the presidential range. Um, and I guess Franconia Ridge too. Those are like the exceptions in the East where it's those mountains are, they're different. Yeah. Where in Montana does your buddy live? Uh, let's see. He's from Red Lodge. Uh, oh, he, nice. Yeah. He goes to, oh, oh man, I know there's two colleges and one of them is he really, he goes to, what's the one in Missoula? That's the one I go to University of Montana. <laughs> okay. Okay. He goes to the University of Montana. Oh really? He lives in Missoula? Yeah. What's his major? Uh, elementary education. What's his name? Dawson Lowen. Uh, I don't know. I, I, you said Dawson so many times. And I like re-asked you. Okay, cool. Oh, I'm, I'm a wildlife bio major, which is like, that's the most, one of the most popular majors here. So it's like, oh, no, I, all right, well, I'm, I'll connect you too. Maybe you guys can go hiking. Well, I work at the trailhead, man. If he ever comes into the trailhead, I have, uh, he probably has, dude. it's one of the local gear shops. I've seen him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's always hiking or fishing or skiing, doing something outside. Nice, man. That's crazy. Small world. I had no idea. <laughs> So do you, I heard that you might not, you don't know what you're going to be doing, but do you have any plans as far as like maybe a shorter through hike, um, coming up or what are you thinking? 
Um, so like my girlfriend and I have talked about through hiking together again, like in the future, doing the whole thing together. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm, <laughs> it's so funny to say this because like I was so done with hiking after I finished. Yeah. My yeah. Uh, but I, I think there's a realistic chance that I'll through hike the AT again. Um, and, uh, my, my body is still so physically tired right now, just as a whole, like, I feel like I'm middle-aged even though I'm 21. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So it, it, it's gonna, it's gonna be a while before I, I do another big hike, but I would love to get back out, um, for, for a, a long duration hike, whether it's another through hike or, um, yeah, Ellie wants to finish her section hike. So I'd love to do like Vermont to Katahdin again, because that was the section that's so yeah. nice. It's like the most beautiful part on the AT, um, in my opinion, just that stretch. And I fucking hated it <laughs> because I was so done yeah. with my through hike. Yeah, dude. I was, yeah. So I was like, yeah, you know what? Fuck you, beautiful view yeah. mountains. Um, so I would love to go out there fresh and be like, woo, I'm hiking again and see that, see that all over again. So um, I'll, I'll be hiking again, but I don't know when and I don't know where. Yeah. That's funny you said that section because that's actually that's something that I've thought too. And then I've even like been like, okay, maybe I'll throw on Mount Greylock too and in mass and do it from there. Yeah, yeah. I I, I would like to do the north because I love the southern part because I had that fresh through hiker energy that all those yeah. turbo I was passing at. So it's like every day I woke up and it's like, oh, I get to hike today. It's a through hike. Whoa, this is crazy. Yeah. And I got to the north and I was like, everything hurts. My organs <laughs> hurt. No, I, I I feel that man. Well, I, I so doing the 1300 miles before and then restarting doing the whole thing i was like unsure of how i'd feel but i think when you get on trail even if you redo parts that you've already done like you'll have a still have a different experience and a new found like appreciation for things and it'll just feel like going back home yeah yeah totally because i mean this is <laughs> this sounds so weird to say as a through hiker but i don't really like hiking I don't, I don't don't like the physical act of hiking. It kind of sucks. You're just walking up, up and down mountains, which I like the views. I like the experience. I like traveling. I like meeting the new people. I like pushing myself. Like I like all those aspects of it. So for me, it's like, even if I'm hiking something that I've hiked before, I'm not going to be too upset about it because, uh, like, I don't, I don't, I don't really like hiking unless it's Pennsylvania. I don't want to ever do Pennsylvania. <laughs> I feel it, man. Yeah. Pennsylvania is, uh, that's a, that's a grind. Um, but no, yeah, definitely hiking sucks. I love it. And it, it sucks. Too. There's so many boring parts of it. And it's like, I don't know why I do it, but something about it may push my butt. I don't know. I need to like really get inside my head and figure it out. I think I messed up. Um, but no, no, I, I think it's totally normal. Like I love hiking and I don't like it at all. No. Yeah, exactly. But going, I remember hearing your podcast and you talking about how your parents really wanted to hike the Appalachian trail, which I related to because my dad as a kid always talked about the AT and like, that's what gave me the, you know, inspiration to do it. But so what made you, so obviously your parents talked about, but what made you just kind of say, Hey, okay, I'm actually going to through hike the trail. Like I'm going to do it. Yeah. So my parents, like they never had like a big plan to actually do the AT, but, um, there was like a ton of medical complications for my mom to be able to get pregnant and have me. So they had to like go to Boston from my house to like try to be able to have a baby. And they didn't know if it was going to work. They'd put like a ton of money into it. It was super stressful. And my mom was just like 
said to my dad, like, all right, if this doesn't work and we can't have a kid, like, let's just go hike the AT together. Yeah. Because yeah. she said that because in Massachusetts, when you're going on the mass highway or mass turnpike, you like pass the little like Appalachian trail sign where you, the trail actually goes over the highway. Um, and she's like, she told me that story. And ever since then, she'd been like very, like very interested in the culture of the AT and like loved, loved this she loved the AT. She's, she likes like day hiking, but she's never done like any sort of crazy through hiking. And she makes me eat my own words a lot because I made fun of her so much about it. Like I thought that, when I was in high school, I thought the AT was so weird. I thought she was weird for liking it. And I didn't like, I hated hiking. And, um, then when I got to college, um, I wasn't playing sports anymore. So I had a ton of energy that I was like, okay, I need to get rid of this. And also, um, my school is pretty close to the Adirondacks in New York. So there's a lot of people here who go hiking. Um, so it was something that was physical and kind of a way to meet new people in, um, in college. And then I like, I kind of hit this depression with missing sports for the challenge and like the putting, putting all that I had into something physically and mentally and wanted, wanted to do something that was going to push me um, to my limits. And then all those little seeds my mom planted in my head about the AT as a kid sort of blossomed into through hiking flowers. That was a very poetic way to say that. It's not <laughs> intentional. I like that, man. And so then you just said, Hey, I'm going to do, it. I'm going to take a semester off. And then I'm going to do it like on top of that, I'm going to do a podcast. Like what made you decide to do the podcast while you hike too? So when I was doing the Adirondack semester that I talked about earlier in this episode where I was like kind of living off the grid for three months, I, I've been like kind of joking, not jokingly, but I've been bringing the idea of through hiking up to people for a few years, not like a year. And no one had ever like taken it seriously. Just yeah. like, oh, that's cool. And then um, Kathy Schrady, who is the director of that, I was like, I was literally like washing dishes with her one night and I was like, yeah, you know, like I, I really like to like through hike the AT and she's like, okay, like how can you make that happen? Like, what do you have to do? And I was like, what? Like, oh, you're serious. And she was kind of the first person who just made me feel like I actually wanted to do it. And then I was like, and then I like looked into, um, how I can make it happen financially and was able to apply for some grants through my school, St. Lawrence university um, and I had to have some sort of project for all the grant applications. Like I couldn't be like, I want to go hike for five months. Give me money. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so then I, uh, thought figured like the easiest, I didn't really want to do like a blog because I like to talk more than I like to write. Yeah. And it just seemed more difficult to like do all the uploading with a blog. So then I was like, oh, your podcast kind of seems like the, the best idea. Um, had no idea how to do a podcast, but putting these grant <laughs> applications, got enough money through my school to be able to buy my gear, which made the financial aspects of it feasible. And honestly, like before it was like, I wanted to hike the AT, like, oh, like I'd like to travel abroad. I'd like to, you know, f- I'd like to fly a plane one day. I want to hike the AT. It was sort of like an offshoot idea that yeah. I wasn't super committed to. And then it felt like a snap of my fingers and it was like, Oh shit, I'm hiking the AT. <laughs> like I'm locked into this now. I've got grant money. I'm ha- <laughs> I have a semester of school I'm taking off. Um, and then, yes, yeah, so I took off my see, junior spring to do the through hike. And I chose to do that semester because, um, a lot, like pretty much all of my friends who were in my grade were going abroad that semester. 
so they were all going off to do these new things. So I figured it'd be a good time for me to go do my thing, which I've, I, I feel really bad for them because they all got pulled back from their abroad stuff because it kind yeah. I was the only one who was able to actually like spend to accomplish the entire thing they set out to do that semester. Well, dude, again, well, con- congrats on that, though. But I, I think like hiking the AT is maybe a little bit uh, more of a challenge than a semester abroad, too. So I'm happy that you're able to, even though I think that was just terrible leaving, but I'm happy you're able to like keep on hiking because I can only, like I said, I can only imagine like putting that much like sweat and like literal tears into something and then having to like get off the trail. It'd be just, uh, it's devastating. Yeah, it, it would have been so hard for me to to get off. And I think that, you know, part of it was the fact that I had put so much work into the podcast as well. Like I had no idea how to do a podcast. And then <laughs> yeah. The fall semester of 2019 ended and I had like two months basically to get all my hiking stuff in line, but also like literally from having no idea how to do it, figure out how to start a podcast. I like built my own website for the podcast for some reason. So like, I remember looking at my journal before I even started on one of the last days before I flew down to Atlanta and I like wrote something like, even if I don't finish this through hike, like I feel like I've already accomplished so much. And then under that, I was like, okay, also like, fuck that you're finishing the AT. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, it was like, I was two weeks into the through hike and I was a year into the just preparation and determination. And I think another part of it is before I went out to do the through hike, I knew that to finish a through hike, I had to go in with the resolve that I was going to finish a through hike. And it would have been really, really difficult for me to, to get off trail and to break that resolve. Cause I'd like been building, I'd been building up the, the just the, I guess, mental strength to do it and to, yeah. not, to not finish would have, would have been really, really hard for me. Well, how do you even go? How do you do the podcast while you're in trail? Like, I'm, I was trying to think about it. I was like, how, how are you getting that done? That's, that's crazy to me. Sure. So I was super lucky that I had a, um, one of my friends was friends with Steve Adams, who's Mighty Blue, who you might know of. From oh, yeah. 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 So I got connected with Mighty Blue. His show is Mighty Blue on the Appalachian Trail, the ultimate midlife crisis. I'd plug him a hundred times if I could because he taught me everything about podcasting. Um, and he, I basically did exactly what he did, which is I bought a $20 lapel microphone from Amazon that weighed an ounce and got like a $10 app on my phone called backpack studios, which ironically is named backpack studios, but isn't meant for hiking. It's just like, <laughs> I don't funny. know, it's just a weird coincidence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was uh, like a podcasting app on my phone that was super easy to use. Um, so I was able to with my little microphone, do my recordings and interview people. Like I'd use it like a news mic back and forth. And then I would get the final, I could do everything besides actually upload it onto the hosting site that I use. So I would get the final MP3 of the episode and I would like in the notes app on my phone, um, write up all the description of like the title and the links and everything. Um, and I would send that to my mom. And then I had like, we had a shared Google drive that I would put the MP3 on. And then from home, she would actually post it. Um, but I was able to do all the work just from my phone. Yeah. That's awesome, man. That's a lot of work. Um, I can't imagine like 
that's that's a lot dude that's that's awesome man well good for you dude and like that's awesome that your mom is helping you out too that's have those off trail trail angels helping us out is always uh important and, and fun to hear about yeah 100 percent. can't do it without them no you can't yeah no i i definitely am appreciative of my dad helped me out throughout the my hiking stuff and even my my hiking partner is his family four mile he his family helped me out a lot so i really appreciate that but dude we've been talking for a while and i don't want to i know i don't you said you can talk for an hour i don't want to like stress or exhaust your your time i do appreciate you coming out man um yeah yeah thank you for having me i can keep talking if you if you want me to keep talking <laughs> oh dude I, whatever you want to do man i i just like knew i just don't want to be disrespectful man don't disrespect I, no, your time. <laughs> I don't know how long you i don't know where you cut your episodes off but i uh i'm good to go for another few minutes if you want oh you do well i just want to know you're ready to go well, I do. I just want to hear some silly COVID stories. Like, is there anything that's like crazy that like you don't think would have happened because of if like this hike wasn't on COVID? Like, do, was there times where like you weren't picked up for through hiking or, or I no. mean, hitchhiking? So surprisingly, hitchhiking was way easier than you would expect. I would say on average, we we're still like able to get rides in 10 to 20 minutes, which I feel like is pretty normal. Um, there was one time where getting out of, uh, Buena Vista, as the locals call it, and, uh, <laughs> which is uh, Buena Vista, but um, no, Buena Vista, I don't know, just take Spanish and turn it into English, and that's what they call it. Uh, we, it was like an hour and a half to get out of there, but that was like a weird, like yeah. nine miles from trail, like pretty back road highway. Uh, but the biggest obvious difference was just that there was so, so, I can't think of the words here, so many less people on trail, yeah. especially in the southern half. So there was a mass exodus at Standing Bear. And then Ellie and I had like a 10 day stretch where we saw like five other people. There were days where we didn't see a single other person. Like we woke up at the shelter alone. We hiked all day alone. We didn't pass anyone and we got to a shelter that was empty. And that was in April in the South on the AT. Usually people are getting, yeah. Up at five. yeah, people are usually getting up at five in the morning to try to get to their campsite by two or three in the afternoon, just so they can get a tent site. And we had the entire place to ourselves, which was terrifying because <laughs> COVID was shutting the country down and we're, yeah. like, we're out here. Like we are in the woods in North Carolina, Tennessee, totally alone. We're both from the North. We don't know anybody. And it was also like, even though it was so scary, like I knew in that moment that it was really cool and really rare. I and mean, it's something that's never going to happen again. Um, well, hopefully, hopefully yeah. the country doesn't <laughs> shut down again. Um, that was, that was the most obvious difference is just having no competition for campsites and being totally alone on the AT. A lot of people this year pretty much compared through hiking to more of what it would have been like in the eighties when there is just not the trail magic that people are accustomed to yeah not as much support from the local communities and way less people out there which i kind of liked and most people who through hiked this year were thankful for covid by the end of it which is really weird well okay not thankful for covid like, yeah nobody wants covid but thankful for the experience that covid provided on the trail and how different it w was than what it would have been had everything been normal no i, I definitely feel like that's 
that is crazy. It's wild to think. And that's one of the reasons why, like I went Southbound initially. Cause I was like worried about like the, the hordes of people that you hear going, um, going North. So it's like crazy that you're able to experience like being alone at that point on the trail. Um, and then like, I didn't even think about that trail magic. Yeah, of course you're not having people do trail magic. That's, that's going to be really interesting. Cause I, I've just like, you're just every, I've, I've heard that like every like gap, there's usually like trail magic um, going North at that part. Yeah. I had like, so trail magic where you came down and someone was actually cooking, like had a grill or like a stove and was making stuff. I think I had that twice on the entire trail and uh you know i got like there was coolers people would still put out coolers but there's yeah. certainly a lot less trial magic but it made it so awesome when you got trial magic. yeah it dude yeah so sure rare. and other people were saying like people who'd hiked before were saying that it was almost better that way like obviously it sucked not to get as much food but they said that like people would get like through hikers would get like snobby about trail magic because they got so used to it they're like oh there was trail magic back there but they didn't even have Coke or like they ran out of buns. For oh, hot dogs. Damn, dude. And like people got to be kind of snobby about travel. Yeah. Magic. And it was like when, when I, there was this one time where there's this dude, his name was Paul who it was just like th- mile 380 or whatever, like two weeks into COVID, like the least, the, the time that I would least expect to get travel magic. And we were crossing this road in North Carolina or Tennessee. And there was this little sign, um, and it was like trail magic, like breakfast, eggs, hash browns, bacon, top of the hill. And it was like up the road, probably like 200 feet up this super steep road. And I literally looked at it and I was like, this is probably like somebody who doesn't want people to be on trail who just put this here to make me walk up this hill. <laughs> or they are up there and they're just going to like beat the shit out of me when I get up yeah. there. But then I got up there and this like dude was just like in the middle of the pandemic doing trail magic. And we're like, he had been there. He'd been, he'd been out there. That was his second day there. He came to the same spot every year for 10 days. Um, and we'd like do trail magic there for 10 days. He'd through hiked in like the eighties or something. Yeah. And his second day there. And we were like the first people who he'd seen. And he's like, yeah, I think I'm going home tomorrow. It's like, I, there's nobody else out here. Um, but it's like, that's such a, that's so ingrained in my head, how weird and special that memory is. So it just hiking this year made you appreciate stuff like that a lot more than I think you would, if you were getting that every gap. Yeah, no, that makes sense. That's, that's crazy that I never even heard of the Paul guy. Does he have a, like a trail angel name or no, not that I know of. I, I don't know anything about him. The only reason I remember his name was Paul is because I met like a weird amount of Pauls on my through hike. Like it's, <laughs> yeah. not, it's, it's not a rare name, but it's not a super common name. Yeah. Like, there are so many Pauls. Yeah, because he sounds like, I don't know, did you, did you, was Omelette Man out there? I don't know. Yeah, okay, okay. Yeah, okay. The thing, the, that's the other weird part about the through hike is like, I don't really know about like the yearly AT stuff that everyone knows about. Like, because it just didn't happen this year. So eventually like you stopped even yeah. wanting to know about it. Like trail days didn't happen. There was like you could, the Harper's Ferry, the ATC headquarters was closed. Like I took a picture standing on the porch. Oh no, dude. What? That's crazy. Yeah, I didn't even yeah. think about so, like, that. Yeah. We didn't get like any, like we hiked, we didn't get any of yeah. town stuff. If we could get, if, if, if we could find a town, like if the grocery store and the motel were open, that was a blessing. There is none of the other stuff. 
I, I like that. I, I don't like that for you, but I, I think that does give it some sort of like grittiness. Like it kind of goes back to the roots of uh, through hiking, man. And that's, that's gotta be, that does, I can definitely see that making things more special. And I, that's, those are things I didn't even think about trail days. I didn't even think about um, trail days not being around and like hostels, I guess. Like, so did you stay at any hostels then? Were you able to? Yeah, yeah. There, there were a good number of hostels that actually were able to stay open. I won't name them because I don't know if I don't think they were supposed to be open. But yeah, um, got it. I will say Stanley Bear, but I talked about I was there before before COVID was shutting stuff down. Yeah. so they were in the clear. Um, but there is there the hostels. I would say more than half of them stayed open, which was pretty awesome. Did so? Yeah, you mentioned Monson. Did you get to? see uh shaz and talk to poet and hippie chick yeah yeah we got we got the full monson experience which was it was great like shaz and getting driven to the start of the hundred mile wilderness by yeah and finding out why his name is poet as he eloquently tells you that you're gonna cry on top of whitehead mountain (laughs) or whatever white wait i don't remember the the last mountain that you can get that really good view of katahdin um so yeah, th- thankfully Shaw's, we got the full Shaw's experience. That place is, that place is great. I love all the trail angels and like the hostel and trail, like very supportive, but like Shaw's for whatever reason for me, I am so thankful for poet and hippie chick. I just think that they're such uh, genuine people. And that's just such a, I've had just such great memories at Shaw's and I, I, that was one of my favorite hostels on the trail, if not my favorite. Yeah. And it's crazy that like pretty much everybody says that they have such a good reputation. <laughs> yeah. And that's, yeah. I mean, I, you know, the other thing is it's a, it's a, it's a significant hostel for everybody, whether you're going North or South, because yeah. if you're going South, it's the first one. If you're going North, 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 it's the last one. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I know like for me being there, it was like, it kind of felt like, it felt like the last week of like senior year where I was like, oh, yeah, it's actually going to end. Like I might as well have a little fun while I'm here. Uh, so it's, it's, it's a really special place. Oh man. That's got to feel that's giving me just like tangles thinking about that. Yeah. Cause like when Sobo is, that's like your first time when you actually feel like maybe a through hiker, you're not just like on this like extended backpacking trip. And so Northbounders, I can only imagine that being just like such a emotional thing. Cause you're like saying goodbye and that senior year thing you just use is perfect. I, I can, uh, only imagine how that feels did you decide to take the 100 mile wilderness slow or were you just like i gotta get to the start of katahdin um i think we did it pretty average i don't remember exactly how many days i think six days uh i don't know we did it might have been, it was four or five nights between shaw's and yeah bridge i think we were doing like 17 to 20 mile days maybe mm-hmm. maybe 20 to 22 but like around 20 so we were doing big days but not anything crazy that's a that's i was always thinking that like 100 mile wilderness would be a great spot to end on just because like it's tough especially that beginning section for you guys but like it's nothing like incredibly tough like you've been through so much so it's it's a little bit of like a nice like farewell to the the trail or at least that's how i imagine it would be maybe i'm completely wrong no i i, I can't agree more I, I think the finish of the through hike going north on the at is one of i can't i've never hiked another trail so i can't say this like with experience but i don't know how it could be better than the north finish like you 
go the south is like kind of medium difficulty and then you go through the mid-atlantic which is just really frustrating mentally <laughs> there's never anything cool I yeah that, but there's not like mountains you're, it just feels like you're like walking between towns and then you get then you get to the whites and it's just like a test it's like a battle and a test of everything that you've learned along the way and then you get to maine and it's so beautiful and it's such this reward and then you get to the hundred mile wilderness which it you know has a really cool name so it sounds like it's this quest <laughs> And then, yeah. you get to, and then you finish on Katahdin, which I mean, Katahdin is, it, it, it looks like it was placed there by, I, I don't know, extraterrestrials, God, <laughs> yeah. whatever you believe in. It's just like, it doesn't fit in at all. And it's amazing. Katahdin is such a cool hike. Um, I did Knife's Edge the second time. And that was, I thought that was like such a cool way to go up. And I guess you got to see Knife's Edge if you camped on Chimney Pond. Did you get to go up Knife's Edge at all at, um, at any point in your hiking yeah, career? Uh, Unfortunately, I haven't because the first time I was on Katahdin, I was with a group of like, I think they were like, I think it was like, they're 11 and 12 year old kids. Okay. And yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to, I can't, I can't take that. Yeah, for sure. And the second time when I finished my through hike, my mom was up there and she has like a crippling fear of heights and she hiked Katahdin to meet me at the top. So like she was putting herself through mental torture and I was like, Hey, do you care if I go at knife's edge? And like, she just looked at me and I was like, all right, I, I won't do it for your sake. Like you, yeah, you've done, yeah. you, you've done so much. You, you, you faced your fears. I won't, I won't make you any more afraid, but I will well, do knife's edge one day. Definitely. I mean, it gives you an excuse to go back, but I think that hunt trail up is like such a cool trail to go up to just like climbing on those, those rungs. And it's just yeah, such a fun awesome. hike. Yeah. And like rock climbing was just like one of the things I missed most while I was hiking. So to get to finish like that was so exciting for me. That's awesome, man. Well, do you have anything that you want to say? Any last words, any, any lessons that you feel like you want to express? I know you already kind of have a podcast, a, a platform to speak on, but I know you don't often get interviewed on your own podcast. So is there anything that you really want to get out there? Hmm. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't have anything and I won't, I won't pull anything off the top of the head because that doesn't <laughs> always go well for me, but it has been really fun to be interviewed instead of to be interviewing somebody. Uh, so I've really enjoyed that and yeah, I really have to pee. So this might be a good time to wrap <laughs> it up. Perfect, man. Well, I, I appreciate you coming on, man. And like I said, I, I enjoyed like listening to your podcast. It's one of the reasons why I wanted to ask you on. And I think that's such a cool experience to, um, like it's kind of weird with COVID, but I think you just got the grittiness of the experience is like really neat. And congratulations on finishing your through hike. And that's such a cool experience. And that's a, that's a big thing, man. Yeah. Thank you. I'm going to be processing it for years, but (laughs) I'm super happy that it all happens and it's fun to be able to talk about it with people like you. Hell yeah, dude. Well, I'm just, uh, I'm gonna leave the conversation, but it's been good talking to you, man. 